You are listening to audio from the Rail City campus of CA Church. We are a church fervently committed to bringing the good news to the city of Port Moody. We hope this message helps you grow in your personal relationship with Jesus. Good morning. Hey, I appreciate the enthusiasm. Um, Buenos dias for any Spanish speakers in the house. I know there's some. Come on, don't be shy. There you go. All right. Well, if you haven't met, if we haven't met yet, and we likely haven't, my name's Sonia, and I'm one of the pastors here at CA, and I'm just so excited to be with you. Rail City, we hear a lot about you. Actually, half of our community group attends here. Where's our community group? All right, you guys made it to church. Great. All right, we're off to a good start. All right, well, we have been journeying together through the past few months into this series of a new humanity. So whether you've been journeying with us the whole time, or this is your very first time, I want to give us a quick refresher that will help us as we dive in together today. I want to invite you to picture this with me. We're entering into the time and space where Jesus is on a hill, a mount, teaching his disciples, his followers, and crowds have gathered around to hear him. This is one of the reasons you will hear this portion of scripture referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. And as Jesus is sitting on the mount, he's teaching on a new way of living. He casts the vision for a new way to be human, a way that realigned the current way to live into the way humanity was always designed to live, a way of living life in his kingdom, the way of love, of grace, of forgiveness, of generosity, and much, much more, a new humanity. And today we're going to lean in to hear Jesus speak on another area that he invites us to live in a new way. And just like he spoke to the people on the mount, he speaks to us as his people today. Are we ready? Okay, we got a few with me? All right, I'll take it. Ah, here we go. All right. All right, well, why don't you join me in prayer as we posture our hearts and minds to receive more of God's truth this morning. So God, would you open up our eyes to see the wonderful truth in your word? Would you open up our ears to be able to receive it? And would you open up our hearts to be courageous to receive it? Thank you, Jesus, that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Holy Spirit, we receive you in this place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want to start us off by introducing you to a family. A family that had just arrived to Canada in the thick of winter. And it wasn't BC winter, because BC winter is a bit tame in the greater Canadian landscape. And I can say that coming from the prairies, okay? Now, this winter was the cold, dry, eastern Canadian climate. The kind of winter that has constant snow piles and risk of frostbite. The kind that you have to plug your vehicle in each night, not because it's electric, but because otherwise your car won't start in the morning. Now this family was coming from a much warmer climate, and this family had never envisioned having to live in Canada. They actually never wanted to move. This would be the second country that they were forced to find refuge in leaving everything behind with a small suitcase filled 
with a few pairs of clothes, they arrived in Canada and breathed in that cold winter air. I imagine them thinking, where do we start? So many needs. And the story exposes the start of many practical needs for a family navigating Canada for the very first time. The story is actually my family story in coming to Canada. And it's a story that can be very similar to other stories represented here in this room or living near us in our communities. But what about the stories about somebody who's suddenly lost their job or their home? Or the story of someone who's battling a health condition or has just lost a loved one? Or what about the reality of those whose fridges are empty? Lots of needs. And there are way more scenarios than I just listed here where we can see need. And these stories could be mine. These stories could be yours. These stories could be that of our neighbors. The reality is, is that we can't separate ourselves too far from where there are needs. Needs are all around us, and sometimes it can be overwhelming. We too can ask the question, where to start? What we're going to see today is that God deeply cares for those in need, and he isn't overwhelmed. He actually invites us to join him as he shows us where to start and how we can give. I'm going to invite us to open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 and 4. And if you don't mind, if you would stand with me as we read the text this morning, and the words are also on the screen here for us to follow along. All right, here we go. It says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can have a seat. Thanks so much. Now, Jesus was aware that needs are all around us. In fact, many that came to hear him that day on the mount were facing real needs. And many of us here sitting in this room are facing real needs today. And Jesus calls his followers to give to those in need. He uses language like, when you give to the needy, not a question of, should you give to the needy? You see, giving to those in need was a practice that the crowds are very aware of. In Jewish practice, giving to those in need was a fundamental element. This was taught to God's people from the early days of Israel as a nation when they received the law on how to live. It says in Leviticus Chapter 25, verse 35, if any of your fellow Israelites become poor and are unable to support themselves among you, help them as you would a foreigner and stranger so that they can continue to live among you. 
And God is a God who gives to those in need. And that hasn't changed for us this morning. This call is no different to us today. And we get to partner with him in that. And we're called to give, as we are called to give, we see Jesus start with a warning. He says, be careful. Other translations say, beware or watch out. And I wonder if he starts with the warning because otherwise we could easily miss it. I remember years ago as a kid in choir, finding out that I had been breathing wrong my whole short life up until that moment. Like, how does that happen? Like, you need to be able to breathe to live. That's basic living 101. But the instructor had to teach me how to breathe to ensure that I was accessing the full amount of oxygen my body needs, and it required practice. If I wouldn't have learned this, you would have never known in me singing that Mary actually had a little lamb, because I would have been out of breath by the time I was done singing the word little. Now, I'm not about to give you a lesson on breathing, but feel free to look it up. It's a real thing. But just like breathing is a natural practice to us, we often don't think about it. Now, I'm not, now everyone's going to be distracted checking their breathing right now. You're okay. You're still standing. We're good, okay? But the point is, breathing can become so familiar that we may not know if we're doing it right to access all the oxygen we can. And similarly to breathing, Jesus takes the practice of giving to those in need and acknowledges that like many practices we do in following Jesus, we could have the potential to become so familiar or routine with it that we may not always be aware of how we're giving and how we give matters because the motive of how we give impacts our giving. Let's look at verse one again. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Jesus immediately identifies the motive that could prevent us from learning how Jesus calls us to give to those in need. And that motivation is giving to those in need so others will see us. Jesus exposes this motivation, and it's actually rooted in a need that we all have. And we all need to be seen. We all need to be approved of. We can see this play out quite early in the development of us as humans. For those who have children or have been around children for any length of time, how many times have you heard the phrases, look at me, watch me, did you see me? Look again, look, look, look. You've likely heard that many, many times. And you likely also have looked away many, many times, only to be asked again to look again. You see, we all have a need to be seen, and we don't grow out of it. I found this picture recently of younger me, and I think it captures the longing to be seen so clearly. Meet my dad and my two brothers. My beautiful mom would be the one behind the camera, but do you see it? There's little me looking up to my dad to be seen by him, looking for his approval. 
But just like every human being, and clearly my dad in this picture, we don't have the capability to always see or to be able to approve of those around us. We weren't created to be able to do so. And yet, we still need approval today. And this approval can look different for all of us. It could be approval of our purpose, approval of our significance, approval of our belonging, approval of our acceptance. Whatever approval we may need, it isn't wrong to need it. Jesus knows this, and this is why he addresses it. If our motivation to give to those in need is to find approval in those around us, then we need to pay attention, as this is not how he's calling us to give or to live. Jesus is calling us to realign so we can step into right living with him in how we give. I remember years back when I was working at a college and and I was this youngest staff member at the time and a few of the staff were chatting by the water cooler and a student came up and was asking for help for a need. And I remember it felt like a really inconvenient time to help someone. Like, I'm drinking my water, I'm chatting with these people, like I'm not sure that I wanna help right now. Can anyone relate with that? when there's a need and it just feels inconvenient. And some of my very first thoughts after that was, well, if I don't help, what are my coworkers gonna think about me? Or if I help, this might actually make me look good. You have to remember, I was the youngest one, I was trying to gain acceptance. Oh, the heart and its motivations. Have you ever experienced something like that or or have had thoughts like that when you're conscious of who's watching or who's around you or what it will look like if you help? If you have, then Jesus gets it and so do I. You see, these are the kinds of subtleties in our motivations that Jesus is trying to get us to be aware of so that we can learn how to give like he calls us to. In that scenario, we see that the motivation for approval is what was driving me to give. And because of that, I was more preoccupied with how the people around me could see me than I was able to be present with the very person who needed the help. And we see this motivation play out in all sorts of ways when we give to be seen by others. Have you ever been in the grocery line or or a store that's um, at the end of your purchase, they ask you, would you like to donate to fill in the blank foundation? This is like one of my favorite like tests of my heart when I go there, because like if I immediately look around to see who's looking, there's something off there. And sometimes I'll tell you, I've been given into pressure. I'm like, yes, I want to give. I don't even know what I'm giving to. But these are some of the subtleties, okay? Or or maybe it could look like overextending ourselves and saying yes to every single need because we feel like we're letting everyone around us down. When we give to those in need for the approval of others, we're walking out of step in how Jesus calls us to give. Jesus calls us to give to those in need by finding our approval in him and not others. The truth is that we need to know we're loved and have purpose. We need to know we're significant and belong. We need to know we are accepted. We actually were made to be seen and approved of by our very maker, God. 
And just like we see in this picture of me looking up to my earthly father, Jesus calls us to look up to our heavenly father to find our approval there. The very one who made you, the one who made me, is the only one who always sees us and where we can find our full approval in. The psalmist David knows this very well, and he points us to it in Psalm 139. I want to read the first six verses there for us today. He says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. The one who truly knows us is the only one who always sees us and the only one we will ever be able to find full approval in. Again, Jesus calls us to give to those in need out of a place of finding our approval in God and not others so we can be present and intentional with the need before us. You see, we're not called to give just for the sake of giving. Jesus calls us into something deeper. And so how do we position ourselves to find our approval in God and not others? I believe it starts by looking up and not around us. By acknowledging that we need God's approval, it's in prioritizing our relationship with God by developing practices and rhythms in our day-to-day life that keeps us close to him, to the very one that approves of us, because we need him every single day. God approves of his children. He loves us. He sees us. Receive that today. And because of that, we're able to surrender the longing for the approval from others and step into how he calls us to give. I won't forget one of my earliest memories at Christmas time. My family was invited to a neighbor's house to spend, again, one of our very first Christmases in Canada with them. And I remember the laughter. I remember the sugar cookies. And I remember the doll I was gifted. But most of all, even as a child, I remember feeling safe and at home. I don't remember our family being rushed off. I do remember the adults talked a very long time. I remember the neighbors being fully present with us. And as a kid, I didn't know that my family needed new friends. As a kid, I didn't know that my family needed spaces to feel safe. And I also didn't know that Christmas would have looked a lot different that year if it was just us. Maybe there wouldn't have been a big meal then, or that doll, or maybe even sugar cookies. But you see, I think my neighbors got it. They weren't giving because it made them look good. They were giving because they got to. They got to give us God's deep care. Not rushed, not out of obligation, 
not because it made them look good. And because they were present with us, that's something my family will never forget. You see, Jesus invites us to a fuller picture of giving. When our motivation is not to be seen by others, then we're able to be intentional with what he has placed in front of us. Anyone can give. But Jesus invites us to give in a way that shows God's deep care. And there is a cost if we don't. Let's look again at verses two to four. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. We see this picture of people, and Jesus calls them hypocrites, which is a neutral term in Greek, and it literally means stage actors. And they're going around blowing trumpets to cause attention so people can know that they just helped someone in need. That seems a little ridiculous, doesn't it? Now, there is no real evidence that people actually blew trumpets when someone gave to help to those in need. Imagine if every Sunday we take up our community response fund offering, we would blow trumpets after everyone gave. I think our giving might go down, actually. (laughs) But some scholars actually believe that charity boxes then were often shaped like trumpets where people could place their donations, so that could be the connection there. And we also know that it's impossible for our left hand to never be in close proximity to our right hand unless we're unfortunately missing one because the farthest they can be away from each other is a full arm's length apart. What Jesus is doing here is using provocative metaphors to get our attention in order to help us understand. Jesus also uses the word secret in how we give and he invites us into reward. So what does this all mean? Jesus is highlighting here again the need for us to know the motivation of why we give, because it affects how we give. When we give so we can be seen, we become like stage actors. Just acting out our practice of giving instead of living out our practice of giving. It can become routine or it can become just about us. And there is no depth or lasting reward in that. Jesus also speaks into the reality that giving will at times occur in a public setting. Every Sunday here, we're reminded of our opportunity to give, as it's a part of how we worship God together. Giving will happen when others are around. But even when others are around, and when we give collectively, there's a way for us not to find our approval there. One of the areas that drew me to CA Church was the core practice of giving to those in need, both locally and globally. From food distribution to clothing to emergency needs, not only here in the Tri-Cities, but across the globe. Actually, last week, I was able to watch two kids walk out with a stuffed animal each from the dressing room. And they were kids that didn't own a stuffed animal yet. And their faces lit up when they were told they could get one. And this is good. This is what God is calling us to do. But when these moments happen, he calls us to give publicly. It's not for CA to be known. It's not for the church to get the credit. It's not for you or for me to be known. Robert Gooley puts it this way. The issue is not public worship, 
but worship for publicity. We're called to give publicly. But again, it's not to see who's giving. It's not to be known as a group that we give. Rather, it's an invitation to respond to the work that God is doing in our hearts. An invitation to give God the glory for how he has moved in our hearts and in our lives in a way that we can give so that he can be known. And Jesus uses the word secret to guide us in our giving. But let's not confuse that. Jesus did not mean that no one should ever know. He meant secret that we shouldn't be known. Because if we are known and not him, that actually doesn't help us. That hurts our heart motivation in giving, and it actually stops the opportunity for God to be known. I appreciate as I was studying here how a 19th century New Testament scholar by the name of A.B. Bruce puts this posture. We are to show when tempted to hide and hide when tempted to show. Meaning, we are to show God when we're tempted to hide God and we're to hide ourselves when we're tempted to show ourselves. When we give, others should be able to see God, not us. The act of giving should allow them the opportunity to be pointed to see the source of why we give. And that source is God. It's never about you or me or all of us together. It's because he gives that we can give and he deserves all the glory. Jesus highlighted this early on in the sermon in Matthew 5, 16. He says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. As we give, we bring light so that others can see God. You see, the kind of giving that Jesus invites us to is much more than just giving for the sake of giving. It's not giving to be seen by others. It's not giving to get publicity. This kind of giving that Jesus calls us to is transformational for both the one who receives and the one who gives. Jesus mentions a reward as we step into this, and although we don't give to get a reward, God is a God who rewards, and he chooses to. He immediately rewards us with the opportunity to get to know him more and to discover more of who he has called us to be as we partner with him in giving. God cares for all of us, and he freely gives. And we have seen Jesus teach us this morning that the motivation of seeking our approval in others will keep us from right living. It will keep us from right living in how we give. Remember, the issue is not what we give. It's how we give. Jesus continually is getting us to dive deep into our hearts and reflect on our motivation for right living. Because if we are aware of our motivations, we can choose to surrender them and align ourselves in a way that God designed us to live. Just like I had to learn how to breathe again we can learn how to give again. The new humanity that Jesus calls us to is sacrificial, but the sacrifice is for a fuller life, not a lesser life. Our life grows into who we are truly called to be, and we don't just give just to give, but we make room for others to get to know God. 
As we give, we make room for that family who just arrived to Canada to get to know God. As we give, we make room for the ones who've lost their jobs, their homes, loved ones to get to know God. As we give, we make room for the ones facing hard health challenges or empty fridges to get to know God. As we give, we make room for all those in need to get to know God. And as we give, we also make room for us to know more of God. As we give in this way, God will be made known and his deep care. This is what happens when we step into living in right relationship in how we give to those in need. And so the next time we step into giving, may we be reminded that it's not giving just for the sake of giving, but it's transformative for our lives and for those who receive. I'm gonna call the band up at this time. And Jesus calls us to give to those in need out of a place of finding our approval in him so that others can know him in the way we give. And so that's the how, but where do we start? It starts with surrender. I'm gonna invite us here to take a few moments to reflect on what Jesus has been speaking to us today and help us to align with what he's calling us into. And if it helps you to close your eyes, then I welcome you to do so. But just posture yourself to hear what God may be calling you into this morning. Would you be able to play a little bit in the back, thanks. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're someone who's in need. Then today I just welcome you to just simply receive. Receive the truth that God cares for those in need, and that includes you. I invite you to surrender your needs to him today and know that he cares. Maybe you're sitting here today and giving to those in need is something that you haven't practiced yet, or it's been a while. Then I invite you to surrender that to God today and allow him to fill you with his generosity as you're reminded of his generosity for you. Maybe you're sitting here today and, and you struggle with getting approval from others. I invite you to surrender that and ask God to fill you with his approval. You are loved and seen by God. Or maybe you're sitting here today and giving is a practice you've been doing for a very long time. I invite you to surrender that practice again to God and allow him to renew it with new strength for you and others to know him. However he's speaking to us this morning, I invite us to take a few moments to respond and surrender to him with our own words and in our own hearts. What's Jesus calling you into this morning?
Holy Spirit, would you come and fill us anew? God, would you remind us of how you see us and how you receive us, full of love, compassion, and grace, and generosity. May the way that we live in right relationship with you point to you. As you freely give to us, may you fill our hearts to overflow with your generosity so we can continue to give to those around us and that you would be made known. You alone are worthy of all of our praise and of all we give. And we surrender to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. If you've been listening to our sermons, but you're not a part of a church community, we would love to have you join us. You can go to cachurch.ca slash railcity to find out more information about getting involved in the life and mission of the Rail City campus of CA Church.